0: You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? And welcome into the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Matas from DNBR, where you can subscribe for $5 a month, get access to all the premium content, including my film study breakdowns, also known as the list that I do throughout the season, usually at least once a week. Film study deep dives on the Denver Nuggets. If you haven't checked those out, you're going to want to check them out. And you can do that by going to thednvr.com and signing up for a membership. $5. You get a free t-shirt. You get access to everything that I do over there. We also have our player previews right now on YouTube at DNVR. You're not going to want to miss those. Put a lot of love, time, and effort into those. And I think you're going to really enjoy them. The best way to sort of get hyped for the season, but also just to get informed with what's going on, So check that out. I'm obviously flying solo today. Matt Moore uh, will be back with me tomorrow to recap what should be, I think, the most interesting preseason game the Nuggets will play. Uh, They have a back-to-back Wednesday and Thursday night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Wednesday, I suspect, as I'm going to talk about in this episode, the Nuggets are going to play the rotation that we should expect on opening night. I think Wednesday night will be a dress rehearsal. And this episode is going to talk about things I'm looking for in that dress rehearsal. Thursday night, the back-to-back. It's weird that the Nuggets are playing a back-to-back. There's even a little bit of travel in between. They're going from Oklahoma City to Tulsa in, in between. So they'll play one of the games in Tulsa. But... Uh, So it's a little bit unique. I think that night we'll probably get more Peter Cornelly and Marcus Howard and some of the end-of-bench guys. I suspect that your main pieces, your Michael Porters, Nikola Jokic's, guys like that won't play at all. And I even think your secondary guys like Monte Morris, Jermichael Green, I imagine they will be a little bit limited. You will probably even see in that Tulsa game some Davon Reed, G-Baby, uh, as he has known, uh, all the guys that are sort of end of bench guys that'll probably be in Grand Rapids will play in that second night. So tomorrow, Wednesday, I think will be the final dress rehearsal. So I wanted to take an opportunity to preview that game, but mostly through the lens of what it is that I'm most interested to see, uh, from each player, uh, going into that game. We're going to start at the top with Monte Morris, the point guard of the first unit You know He's gotten progressively better. I thought he had a bad first game. I thought he had an underwhelming second game. And then his third game, I thought he started to look a little bit more like what you would expect. But I don't think he has actually had a good game yet. And some of this is in that third game, he only played a half. I think it was something like 14 minutes or something like that. So he didn't play a whole lot of minutes. In this one, you know, Monte Morris was coming off of some knee uh, soreness throughout the summer. We know he's been off his feet. I want to see if he continues that upward trajectory. I suspect he will, but I want to see what he looks like. How many minutes can he play? I think Michael Malone will likely try to go to that lineup. I mean, I think he wants to play his starters a lot. I would even bet he wants to close with his starters if he can sort of manufacture a sort of a closing. Now, Oklahoma City is not very good. Um, if this game gets out of hand, if if it's a twenty point game going into the fourth, maybe Malone throws in the towel and just says, "Okay, well, I wanted clutch time. I wanted to see what these guys look like in a closeout, you know, situation." But if you're up twenty, there is no closeout situation. But Monte Morris is, is, you know, a big piece of that. One of my questions that I have for him coming into the season is just, can he, he's obviously not going to be Jamal Murray, but can that first unit still have a pretty powerful net rating uh, alongside when he's at the helm? And I think that they can. I mean, Jokic lineups, generally speaking, are pretty big positives. Jokic-Porter lineups, okay, now you're talking about almost certainly going to be a pretty big positive. And then you throw in Will Barton and Aaron Gordon, who I think just fit uh, so nicely there. I think no matter who you plug and play there, Faku Dozier, whatever, I think at at the point guard spot, I suspect it'll be pretty good. But it would be nice to see at one time uh with monte there the nuggets to really get off to like a big lead or, or or just to look where the ball gets popping and um they look to get a really nice rhythm it'd like it'd be nice to see that at least once monte i want to see if he can get to the cup you, know, you talk about knee injuries you talk about uh you know how healthy is he it would be nice for him to do something dynamic in the pick and roll that makes you go okay there it is because we know he could pull up from mid range we know if you go under the screen he's confident pulling up from the three-point line Obviously, he's a great passer, protects the ball, but I'd like to see him do something with getting to the rim and finishing because he did such a great job of that in the Portland series. It was a big reason why the Nuggets won game five, and I think that we haven't really seen it in the playoffs, him like using his speed and his quickness and his craftiness to get to the rim and finish, and I'd love to see that from him. Will Barton is playing in this game, and he is maybe the most interesting player in all of it. I... Not in a vacuum, you would look at guys like uh, Bones Highland, probably everybody's most interested in him. Maybe Michael Porter, even Bulbul, something like that. But just in terms of what we haven't seen in the preseason, Will Barton, by all accounts, looked fantastic in the pre-camp ramp up towards the season, doing open runs and scrimmages. Even by his own admission, he's feeling great. I saw him at the practice facility the other, uh, the last on Sunday and Monday, and he looked just like he was floating. He looked absolutely ecstatic to be there, and like he was excited for everyone to see, you know, to see how healthy he feels. And so, he, to me, he's the most interesting player, and I want to get a good look at him. How does he look? Just from a health standpoint, is he bouncy? Is he playing above the rim at all? Is he getting to the rim? Is he attacking the basket? Does his shot look confident and and is he elevating on his shot? Those are things I'm going to be looking for. And then, second, you know, sort of secondary to all that, I want to see if he, you know, how well he meshes right off the bat. We know with Monte. You know, it took a couple days, as, as I just mentioned. I want to see, is Barton, does, are we going to feel like maybe we missed out on something because he wasn't able to participate uh, in so much of training camp and these early preseason games? Or is that chemistry right off the bat, you plug him in and you go? Monte on Sunday said, or Monday maybe it was, said that the starting unit, um, him, him, Barton, Porter, Gordon, Jokic, that they had been scrimmaging Uh, a little bit and they just dominated absolutely dominated everybody i don't know if that has anything you know the second unit for the nuggets in the preseason games hasn't looked great so maybe you're dominating a bad lineup but i want to see if will barton sort of ties that lineup together and we get a, a, a 10 point or 15 point lead going into half because of how dominant the starters have been um so that's i think that'll be really interesting michael porter You know, the first game of the preseason, he had more points than he did minutes. And he thought, oh, my God, here we go. He's been good in the other ones, but I don't think he's necessarily been flashy uh, in the other preseason game that he played against Minnesota. So I want to see, is there a pop to his game? We know he can fill it up really quickly. Does he have one of those Porter quarters in him, or does he have just a little mini explosion where you're like, oh, man, when this guy gets going? I've said this before. When Michael Porter has a little run, because he's the type of guy that can hit two or three shots in a row, like in the blink of an eye. When he has those, the Nuggets are usually up big by the end of the, that that little run. So unlike most guys, you know, Michael Porter can get eight points in thirty seconds or forty five seconds, something like that. And when it happens, Denver builds enormous lead. So I'm curious to see if he get one of those. We got one in the first game. We, I don't think we really got one in the second game although he was good he just didn't have one of those like little flurries and I want to see if we get a flurry from him in this game uh, I also just want to see another look at him to see you know what parts of his game he's added I don't really I can't really say at this moment oh I really see the handle I really see the strength or this or that I'm sure they're there players have talked about it from practice that they've noticed it from him. But for me personally, so far in these preseason games, it hasn't really stood out. So I want to see that. And then some continued chemistry between him and Jokic. I've gotten in the film study over on thednvr.com. I've got the list up for Michael Porter as part of these player preview series. Uh, That'll be going up next week. I've got lists going for a bunch of different players based on the preseason game so far, some film study. But one of the things that I will highlight when that one does drop, I believe next Monday, is the two-man game between him and Jokic. He has demonstrated a pretty, uh, like one or two plays where I look at it and I go, oh, it looks like those two have a little thing they've worked on, a little give and go action or, you know, some kind of where they're reading each other. Um, and that was encouraging to see, but I would love to see a lot more of it. So I'm hoping in this game against Oklahoma City, there's three or four examples where you go, ooh, that's nice little chemistry between those two guys. Take a break right now and tell you about a sponsor, Sweat Block. Really excited about this one because we got set when they became a sponsor. I think they've only been a sponsor with us now for six weeks or so. We got a little care package with their uh, Sweat Block deodorant, some deodorant wipes, a- and some other products. I'm a big deodorant guy. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a big deodorant guy. I'm a big guy. I'm an athletic guy. I do a lot of sports, a lot of physical activity, stuff like that. I n- almost never like whatever deodorant brand I have. Not the case with Sweat Block. Listen to how crazy this is. It works for up to seven days per use. Not that you need to, you know, not that you're not going to put it on every day, but if you had to, say you're going on a camping trip or whatever, seven days per use. It's got a dry uh, shirt guarantee. If Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. They've been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters, and they're a best selling product on Amazon for the past 10 years. They've got over 13,000 reviews. I'm one of those reviews. And again, they're number one on Amazon in the antiperspirant uh, category. Manufactured right here in the U.S. of A. You want to check them out, guys. uh, Sweatblock, you can pick them up at uh, sweatblock.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Or you can just go on Amazon or CVS. But if you go to sweatblock.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get 20% off your order. Segment two here, Locked On Nuggets podcast. I'm Adam Ades. Matt Moore's off going through the players and what I'm hoping to see tomorrow. We got Aaron Gordon up next, power forward. I, I want to continue to see some more defense from him. I want to see more athleticism from him. I felt like in that first game, you really saw some pop out of him, trying to get up and play above the rim, being physical, attacking the basket, trying to dunk everything. I haven't seen a ton of that over the last two games. But I want to see, it'd be nice now that you get Porter, that you get uh, Barton. Now that Gordon is going to slide back into that fourth or fifth option role offensively, I just want to see, can he dominate the boards? Can he dominate athletically? And does he have a play or two that really pops? The other thing I want to see is his two-man game with Jokic. It looks like the Nuggets have added a few actions with him, and they're not anything like crazy. But there are just a lot of inverted pick and rolls between him and Jokic that have popped up so far in the preseason again those will be highlighted on the list on the Aaron Gordon segment which I think drops Friday uh but those uh you know it just looks like there's been a lot of uh of pick and rolls and I want to continue to see if there's more wrinkles to that they've also run some interesting three-man action between Jokic Gordon and Michael Porter I want to see Because Denver hasn't played like extended minutes, you know You get like two or three examples of that per game and you're like, okay, that looks pretty good I want to see if they do play the whole game You'll probably get four or five examples of it and I just want to see what it looks like again That three-man action or just that four or five pick and roll uh, Out of those two guys with Jokic um, you know, obviously, I don't think there's too much we need to see from him. He's the reigning MVP. We know what he's going to look like. He's looked good in this preseason. Um, so I have, uh, you know, I don't know if there's any like takeaway I'm going to have no matter how Jokic plays. But uh, the one thing I would say is there was one play that stood out like a sore thumb, and it goes back to the Gordon situation. Gordon set a a transition step up screen at the top of the key, and he gets Carl Anthony Towns on that one, and Jokic turns the corner and. Uh, he sees that because the angles, uh, first of all, four or five screen with a five as the ball handler, very difficult to do anything other, but switch. One of the reasons it's so effective is most defenses are just going to have to switch that action. And you're talking about, I think it was like Jared Vanderbilt or something. So like Jokic got a hundred pounds on Jared Vanderbilt. So they ran that action, but because of how Towns, not a good defender, how he got lifted basically above the Gordon screen Gordon had a perfect roll to the basket after that screen where there was nobody within 10 feet of him. And if he would have read the play properly, he would have gone up and tomahawk dunked it or windmill dunked it. He would have had such an open paint, he could have like 360 Um, But instead, he didn't recognize it. Yoke recognized it and he went, he's just trying to make a quick play. So he threw it basically to where he thought Gordon was supposed to be and Gordon didn't read the play. And then Yoke was pissed, pissed. Jokic hates that kind of stuff. He hates when players don't read something that should be relatively obvious. And I thought that play should have been obvious. Jokic clearly thought it should have been obvious. And you could tell he was frustrated with Aaron Gordon. That's a chemistry thing. Um, That is an action that I think Denver is going to generate a lot of points off of. And Gordon just needs to be firing a little bit quicker. Gordon has a tendency to be a little lazy, And that was a play where it's like screen and just roll hard. Even if you don't, you're not the one that benefits from it. If you rolled hard to the rim, you put pressure on the rim. The whole defense has to sort of morph. And Gordon sometimes can be like, oh, I'm going to pick and pop. And he's just not a pop guy. He's a, he's a roll guy. I think nine times out of 10. And you might remember the play. Jokic was, was livid. Um, They called a timeout afterwards. And if they didn't, I think Yoke might've like had a meltdown on the court. Um, so that's the starting unit. You go to the second unit. What's interesting about t- the, about this game is that Michael Malone, at practice on Tuesday, all but said Bones Highland and P.J. Dozier are a lock to be playing minutes, not just on Wednesday, but also heading into the regular season. Now, why is that interesting? Why is that important? Because Austin Rivers and Faku Kompazu, those guys had been sort of coming into camp I think, ahead of Bones Highland in the rotation. P.J. Dozier was pretty much penciled in for being a small forward, but it's nice to see that Malone you know, sort of has his back in that regard. But coming in, you thought Faco Rivers, that's who started for the Nuggets in the playoffs, and they won a playoff series with it. So you thought, okay, of course those guys have an a in, inside track. But Bones Highland has so thoroughly outplayed those guys. I speculated yesterday in talking with Matt that I wasn't sure what Malone would do. I didn't know if how he would handle this, if he'd try to slow play it or, or what he would do, but I thought Bones clearly look has been better in the preseason from those guys, and I wouldn't be surprised if eventually here in minutes will eventually sounds like it's going to be ASAP, as in tomorrow for preseason, which I think will be a dress rehearsal for the regular season, which makes me think on opening night, Bones Highland will be ahead of one, one, I'm not sure who, but either Faku. Or Austin Rivers. I would guess it's probably uh, Austin Rivers is the odd man out. But I don't know. I think we'll find out tomorrow. But Michael Malone, unless he was really just pulling a, a fast one on the media on Tuesday, pretty much indicated that Bones Highland has won a spot in the rotation. And so I'm excited, first and foremost, just to see that. To see what confidence he plays with. Um, you know, we haven't seen a bad game from Bones. And it would be a bummer if he gets sort of soft-named uh the the backup shooting guard or or backup guard spot, and then comes out and lays an egg. So I'm curious to see how he plays and how that lineup looks. If he does take Faku spot, I'm curious how he runs that unit. That second unit has been the storyline for the Nuggets in the preseason in the worst way. They have not looked very good. So if he does run point guard, there's a little bit of pressure on, hey, can you save that unit? But if he plays shooting guard the way I suspect you know, that pressure remains on Faku to run the unit and Bones gets to play more naturally in his role of look to score, look to do a little bit of everything, be aggressive, um, but you don't necessarily have to be thinking about setting the table for everyone every time. I think, uh, you know, I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for Bones Highland. That second unit needs him, especially in the backcourt. I mean, Faku's a good player, but I don't think he can save a unit offensively Bones is the type of guy, I mean, we saw 18 points in a single quarter. He can save lineups offensively because he's that dynamic of a talent. And I'm really curious to see how he handles that. The turnovers are going to be a big part of this. He hasn't been great with turnovers in the preseason. Can he have one game where he either has no turnovers or very, very low turnovers? I think that would be a very positive sign from him. And then more fun and equally as important, if not more important, can he continue to shoot the three ball? He's three preseason games into this. Two of them, the three ball has been underwhelming. One of them, it has been transcendent. I'm curious to see if he gains the momentum. I thought in that last game, in that third game against Minnesota, he took a super deep three and made it. I mean, this was like a 28-footer or something and made it. And... I, that one was after he had made three or five. I think that might have been his fifth three of the quarter. Um, so he had gotten his confidence back. He was feeling it a little bit, and he launched one of those really deep ones. He's known for taking deep threes. I'm curious if his confidence – is not that his confidence wavered, but if he, now that he's seen a couple go in, I wonder if he has a little bit of a quicker trigger on some of those deep ones, and if so, can he convert on them? Can he keep this momentum going uh, Bones Highland, so fun, such a fun play. I mean, behind Will Barton, who we just need more information on, uh, you know, because we haven't seen him in the preseason. Bones is obviously going to be the guy that my eyes are, are most closely glued to. And I also want to see if he plays minutes with the starters. He, of course, started in the second half of the Minnesota game, and that's when he went off in that third quarter. I'm curious if Michael Malone's going to try to play him more with that lineup. If he thinks like, oh, let's see if this is replicable or if he just got hot. Bones is the type of player that could benefit from playing with so many other good players. And that's sort of what happened in that third quarter. So do you roll him back out there with Jokic, with Michael Porter and see what happens? I think that'd be an awfully fun thing to see. Take one more quick break and tell you about Built Bar. You guys know about them. They've got all those delicious flavors coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies and cream, and German chocolate. But what you really need to know is that they're extremely healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein in every bar, just 130 to 180 calories in each one, only four or five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs. They've got those amazing flavors. They're tasty. They're healthy. They're good for the keto diet. Uh, They're a great late night snack. You don't want to eat something that's going to be heavy and sit in your gut all night make you wake up feeling terrible. This is a great replacement for that. Uh, check them out. Built.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. You get 15% off. That's Built.com, uh, and you get pro, uh, 15% off when you use promo code LOCKDOWN. Final segment here, on Nuggets podcast. Previewing the game coming up on Wednesday, the dress rehearsal. We've talked about the starters. We've talked about bones. The final question Who is it going to be, Faku or Austin Rivers? Very curious for that one. I suspect it'll be Faku. That's my hunch. Um, but I'm curious to see uh, whichever guy gets the role and how that'll shake up. But whichever one it doesn't get, I'm curious to see how they approach that. I mean, there's got to be some kind of letdown if you thought. I think both Faku and Austin Rivers expected to come into the season in the rotation. If they sort of get a sense that they will not be in the rotation on opening night, you know, there's 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 a letdown factor there. So whichever guy doesn't get it, I'm curious to see how they respond to it. With PJ Dozier, he's been absolutely fantastic. I'm also curious to see, like I am with Bones, how much he plays with the starting unit. He looked great alongside Jokic in the preseason. The numbers alongside Jokic last year were absolutely fantastic. So I'm curious to see if he is just a bench guy or if he plays a little bit more with the starting unit or if there's some staggered minutes where he looks good. I wouldn't mind, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind if you talk about the Jokic-Gordon-Porter trio. I wouldn't mind Bones and and Dozier in there. If you swap out the backcourts and play those guys, not as a starting lineup, but just as a staggered lineup, I think that would be a really fun staggered lineup That makes a lot of sense to me. You get the shooting with Bones. You put Dozier out there. Dozier and Gordon, like, that's a really good uh, defensive duo. You know, one in the guard spot, one in the forward spot. And Bones is the closest facsimile on the Nuggets to, uh, to Jamal Murray. So you got something built in with that one. But Dozier, I'm curious how many minutes he plays. If this does mirror through three quarters at least what the rotation is going to look like in the regular season then I'm curious how many minutes Dozier is playing. Is it a low-level minute, or is he playing like starter's minutes even though he's coming off of the bench? I, I, huge P.J. Dozier fan, so I'm excited to see him. And I think he's been very good in this preseason. It wouldn't be bad if he knocked down a shot or two. I mean, I'm not buying his three-point shot just yet, but every game that he makes him, you know, I buy it a little bit more. So I wouldn't mind him keeping that rolling. You go over to Jeff Green, you know, we've seen, I'll do both Jeff and Jermichael Green. We've seen some ups, we've seen some downs. Fixing the second unit, I don't know if there's any one guy you could blame. And I asked Michael Malone about this on on Sunday, about, hey, what is he seeing? Is it bad process? And he said, he cited, hey, sometimes you just don't knock down shots, and I thought we got good shots. That's more or less my read on the situation as well, especially on rewatch. I think they did an okay job. That's not a lineup that you think is going to light the nets on fire every single night. They're going to be average offensively. Maybe, you know, maybe they'll have their hot nights, their cold nights, whatever. But they were really cold and and have been for the last two preseason games. And I want to see does Jeff Green is that does he have a larger role to play? Uh, is there somewhere where he slots in? Does he does Bones if he's running that second unit even if it's not as a point guard if he's just running it as like the 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 most important pot, you know, pot stirrer of that lineup, does he start to develop a chemistry with Jermichael Green or uh, or, or Jeff Green? Do, do they get a pick-and-pop game going that opens things up? You know, Bones is so good at getting into the paint, so can they find ways to open up the paint? And then even as there's just different wrinkles they put in with that second unit to try to get things going, I'm curious to see that. Not anything necessarily specific with Jermichael Green and Jeff Green, but just more about... Is there some chemistry they build with Bones? And is there something they can do to contribute to uh, the team kind of getting back, uh, getting a rhythm with that second unit? I'm also interested in if they rebound. I'm not sure what Oklahoma's second unit is going to look like tomorrow. I mean, Oklahoma is a little bit of a, a, as the strangest team in the NBA. But I do want to see, like, I, I want to see if Jeff Green and Michael Green can own the boards or at least can, you know, not not get dominated or pushed around on the boards. That's one of the questions surrounding them because they're both you know, small forward or power forwards, not centers. So I'm curious to see that. That does it for pretty much everything here. And then you get garbage time. I'm not sure if we'll get a ton of garbage time tomorrow night. Well, you might even see if the game is close. Jokic in the start in the closing lineup. Barton and those guys in the closing lineup. Um, so we might not get the Cornelie minutes and, and the Zeke Nagy and Bol Bol. We might not get those minutes tomorrow. I do suspect we'll get them Thursday. Um, you know, but if they do... Bol Bol Zeke Nagy Vlatko Chanchar I don't think any of those guys have necessarily separated themselves actually I would say Vlatko Chanchar separated himself he had a very good uh, game in this last one but but is he the guy then does that mean he gets in if if one of those guys sneaks into this game is it you know, who is it? Is it Blacko? Uh, I'm curious to see that. And then, of course, every minute either of those guys play, there are auditioning for that. Um, you know, fifth guy in the front court role. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if anybody has some momentum going into the regular, going into Thursday night, which I suspect will be the real measuring stick for who gets those. <laughs> you know, the highest on the third string, the highest, the, the next man up on the third string. Um, Thursday night will be all about that. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I will be back again late tomorrow night after the game, talking it over with Matt Moore. I'll see everybody then.